0: Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's Dare to Move welcome back guys i so hope that you enjoyed the episode with nick sorrell on sunday about masculine and feminine energies you're probably going to hear me talk a little bit about masculine and feminine energy today as it pertains to money uh because there are very much masculine and feminine traits uh within money so that's exciting and today as the title says we're going to be doing a Wealth Consciousness episode. So if you're new to Wealth Consciousness, maybe you've never even heard the term before, I would highly recommend you pause me and listen to Wealth co- Consciousness episode 1 and Two, a lot of these are just going to run down. Like, what is your relationship with money? How do we think about money? And what is wealth consciousness? So, in short, I will say, wealth consciousness is the degree of your awareness around money. So, if you're listening to this and you've never even thought about what you think about money, uh, or noticed what you notice about money, then I would go listen to those episodes. Now, if you're someone who's coming to this moment, listening to this podcast, saying, "I think about money." lot. I know I worry about money a lot. I think I'm in scarcity mode. You are conscious of it, but the other episodes will teach you how to be conscious and how to flip your consciousness around money to an abundant mindset versus scarcity. So today we are going to go a step further beyond abundance versus scarcity. So again, I will say the teacher in me is like, go read chapter one. Go back to listen to those episodes. And they also will reference one of the books um, that I am going to reference in these show notes called A Happy Pocket Full of Money, which really talks taps into quantum physics and law of attraction and energy work and how money is energy and how we can think about our energy as currency and again, help you shift that scarcity to abundance. Today, we're going to hone in on something a little bit more specific, and this is very much driven by a couple consults I've had with people and a couple clients that I have who are sharing similar challenges right now with money. And they are what you would deem high performers. They are making money. (laughs) They are doing well. And yet they're riddled and crippled by it. So I'm going to give an example of a client of mine who is doing really well. And they are uh, at the point where... They have a kid who they could send to school uh, or like a preschool sort of thing or they could potentially do like a nanny or a um, like au pair or again like a private school that's super expensive we're talking like 30 to 40 thousand dollars a year and do i want those payments do i want to write a check why am i worried about writing a check or tech- when technically i could write a check thing and then also trying to move the needle on their own earned income so a lot of you listening have something entrepreneurial about you whether you know it or not whether you trust it or not whether you're acting on it right now and it doesn't feel legit because it's not coming through yet your degree of wealth consciousness and this money mindset work will improve all of it it will make it come to fruition but this episode felt really important to me because of my own personal background and the way i grew up around money some of the money mindset issues or money messages that i've personally worked through And my goal today, we are four minutes in and I'm getting to the point. (laughs) My goal today is to help you understand how to break through some stories you're carrying that are not helpful so that you don't manifest the things that you're scared of. (laughs) And hopefully my story will illuminate how you can actually I don't want to say mess up, how you can negatively influence your children by your own money mindset. And it's a real thing. And so I'm going to speak to the pros and cons of my own parents, and I'm assuming they probably aren't even going to listen to this, so that's okay. If they do, um, I've probably talked about this on other episodes, so they've probably heard it before. (laughs) Um, and maybe we'll talk about it. But either way, I'm sharing very vulnerably about my background. If you're a loyal listener, you might know part of this story based on anecdotes I have shared before. Or if you listen to, I'm not exactly sure what episode it is, but I know it was either very early 2020 or late 2019. So I'm going to start with that brief story of what that episode was about and why I shared what I shared. And we're going to work off of that story. And my uh, my goal is that, I'm going to put it really simply many people fear entitlement they fear either seeming stuck up if they come from money or seeming entitled they're maybe they're making money and they've already made more than their parents made and they are worried about how their children are going to be uh with in relationship with money given that they kind of have everything they need and maybe even most things that they want and so i want to come out by saying like i am the product Of what my clients fear, which is I had, well, I should say I was the product. I have had messed up issues with money, which is what everyone fears. And yet the fearing of it, like the awareness did not help. So for instance, if you grow up, if we're going to put this, we're going to do a lot of relating this back to Body and food. I know a lot of you loyal listeners know that I talk about the parallels between food and money all the time. Um, but here we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. So, for instance, let's say that you were a man or a woman who had a disordered eating past, and you had spent most of your life feeling like a slave to the gym or to like restrictive dieting, and you just thought, "Man, I'm so scared that my kids are gonna grow up with that. I'm so scared that my kids are gonna grow up to be." messed up around food, or I'm so scared my kids are going to grow up and be really overweight. The fear does not help it not happen. (laughs) The fear does not prevent this from happening. Being in fear is actually more likely for it to happen because it's energy that you're focusing on. It's the energy of something negative happening is where your focus is. So if you're worried about your kids growing up entitled and you're worried, 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 fear, fear, fear and not actually doing anything or being with the issue to alchemize it into something different, it will manifest, okay? So that's what we're going to get into. So the part of my story, probably the most vulnerable uh, personal stuff that I've ever shared, again, I'll try to find the the episode and link it. Um, Some of you may know this, but basically last year I had a listener, whom I did not know, write to me, not privately, (laughs) on a comment saying that I would be more valid as a podcaster if I admitted to a very wealthy lifestyle supported by my family. And I took issue with that because I thought, first of all, they don't know anything about me. And second of all, even if I was supported by my family, that doesn't make my story or my teachings or my coaching invalid it really doesn't so I knew like deep down that this person was somehow triggered by me but I was still doing the work thickest the really thick in the work at the end of last year on money mindset and I can tell you more about that in this episode or maybe another one we'll see if I circle back to it um and so I actually got really triggered because I was worried about how people saw me and I wanted this podcast to grow and thrive and for people to trust me and me, my integrity being challenged was very triggering. So I wrote to the person privately and I said, Hey, like, I'm not sure where you are getting this idea about my lifestyle. Like, what do you mean? And I don't remember the DMS. I should have saved them, but it was something to the degree of like, you go on fancy vacations, you do all these fancy things. Um, that's not normal, and you can say this stuff because you have money or something. Well, at the time, I was not like dealing with a ton of money. I was closing some real estate deals, and my business was taking off, and like there were good things happening, but I wasn't um, supported in any way by my family. So my guess at the time was that somebody knew that I had, I come from a family business and I decided to come onto this podcast and share the story. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. I'll give you the cliff notes and you can go back and listen if you're curious. But long story short, my dad came from a very, very wealthy dad, (laughs) my grandpa, and my mom came from a very upper middle class family and, um, but married into money And, uh, I had a nice childhood. I mean, my parents got divorced when I was like barely six. So whatever that looks like that you can remember. And then I was raised by my mom who was getting the bare minimum that the state kind of requires for child support. And she hadn't had a job in 10 years. She was a stay at home mom for plus or minus 10 years. And she, um, yeah, like, was starting at ground zero she got married right out of college got pregnant uh never worked and then got out of a divorce and had to find a job and so you can imagine she wasn't getting a very high-paying job she wasn't getting a lot of support from my dad and kids are expensive so i grew up on delayed payments from cheerleading for cheerleading sorry and gymnastics um but i also got to go on private jets to aspen for christmas (laughs) So, and I will say I'm really proud of my mom for her hard work and how just, wow, amazing she's done in business and in her career to make multiple six figures and to take us actually last year on a trip to St. Lucia for an entire week, the whole family, um, we did not have to pay for anything. A very, very special family vacation. And I am in gratitude for all of that. But the reason that I want to speak today about how as adults, if we do not get our money mindset, right, we protect it on others. Because I have like really um, unraveled some heavy stuff in my life on money mindset. So this is, today the point is if you are scared of your kids being entitled, you're scared of Being viewed as entitled, you're not feeling worthy of the money you're actually earning, anything like that, this will help you. So, to get started, quick review Uh, money and food are intricately related because they are pretty much part of being a human. You know, we can live without the gym, (laughs) we can survive and thrive. It's not part of the contract of being a human, but we really can't live without food, right? No matter how complex your relationship is with food, You still have to nourish yourself every day. You know, worst case scenario, you're on a feeding tube because of your relationship with food. But again, most of the time we have to eat and that can be a complicated, nuanced relationship. And I will say the disclaimer that I always say to people, um, if you are struggling with this, please reach out and do my Dare to Eat 2.0 program. It is life coaching for food. Moving on, money. Money is something we are always in relationship with. If we want to go back, you know, thousands of years, we could be bartering, we could be trading, and we could be using other things as money, but it's really something of value and energy that we can exchange for something else. So, right now, <laughs> uh, and, you know, within the, you know, probably 50 years that I'm recording this episode, um, 50 years back 50 years forward within this century money's part of the gig of being human so we're in relationship with it and how we treat that relationship is going to determine the quality of it just like if you treat your girlfriend or boyfriend like crap uh it's not going to be a healthy relationship it's going to weigh on you subconsciously and consciously now one of the things, again, to go back to why I'm doing Wealth Consciousness 3 is that I have some friends whose businesses are doing really freaking well, which is awesome, you know, in spite of the pandemic. I have some clients and I've talked to some potential clients who have had good years and even still, they're kind of in that mindset of waiting for the shoe to drop. They're waiting to get the rug pulled out from under them. These are very common phrases that we hear Uh, as humans and they're not positive phrases they're not healthy mindsets by protecting yourself or preparing for rejection or failure you're actually putting more energy into the failure and it's a form of it's like actually like a trauma response it's called detachment so when we say oh well you know i i'll give you a better example i was about to get on the phone i've probably shared this before with a ceo who i really wanted to work with a pretty big name in the fitness world. And I had told my coach at the time, like, it's okay. Like, you know what? You know, he's probably going to be too busy. Like, he probably won't want to work with me. And it's fine. Like, I don't need him. Like, it's good and it's fine. And I was trying to, like, not be, like, clingy or not seem like I needed him or the money or... But really, like, I really wanted to work with him. But by talking myself out of it, like, "Mm, I don't really need it. Like, it'll be fine. I don't, like it was, I was trying to protect myself. So I wasn't hurt if he said no. And it's this idea that I don't know about you guys, but I was taught when I was little, like, don't get your hopes up. So if we're not supposed to get our hopes up, how is it supposed to happen? And then if it does, it's a freaking, I almost cast huge surprise. And we we don't have the scaffolding to hold it. So I'm going to use one of my friends. i not sure if she'll listen to this or not. Um, I just love her to death, but I won't use her name. But she has a really cool startup, and they are signing $100,000 contracts right now. And those $100,000 contracts are with sizable companies, companies that if I name dropped, you would know what they are or who they are. And she is sitting over here in her imposter syndrome, just like another client who is... Broaching a million dollars um, in income and like pinching herself, like, wait, is this really happening? Like, is, is this what I think it is? Like, is this really me? Did I do I really deserve this? And so, if we do not get our feminine receiving energy right, we're gonna have a really freaking hard time actually um, holding the manifestation. And the story I've shared on Thought Work and Thought Architecture, which um, I will put a link to in the show notes it's an episode I did recently um sort of recently is that we have to have the neuro scaffolding to understand this so let's say that all of us are listening to this podcast doing our thing cleaning the house riding the stationary bike whatever you're doing right now and somebody was like Earth is really a simulation. We are all holograms and we live inside an alien's belly or something just like really out there. We would be like, no. Like our brains would be blown open. Like what? No. Like I don't believe this. This isn't real. And we wouldn't be able to take put any of our energy into alignment with the belief that yes, we are holograms and living in an alien's belly or whatever just I just randomly said right now that I made up on the spot. Um just like when I true story, I've shared this on the thought work episode when Jeff and I got our offer accepted for a house that we didn't even know that we were going to be living in. The timeline was this. I found a house after the full moon on June 4th. We went to see the house on June 11th. We put an offer on the house by June 16th. And then by June 18th, they said, we have a deal. And Jeff and I were like, what? Because guess what? On June 3rd and June 4th, we were thinking about buying a new dresser. (laughs) We had no... So then I thought, whoa, 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 I gotta believe in this. I gotta put some energy into this. I gotta start doing my visualizations. I gotta imagine living in this house. I gotta accept this as mine. Because yes, we're going to get a pre-approved for this mortgage, again. like get the um, mortgage company to back us because we got pre-approved. Yes, we're going to be able to come up with the down payment and make all of this work and buy a home together for the first time. But my brain hadn't done that gymnastics to build the scaffolding for this gigantic dream home to sit upon. And so if we are not believing that we're worthy of a $100,000 contracts or worthy of a million dollars in our bank or worthy of taking a really nice vacation and we don't believe in that potential, then if and when we it somehow manifests, we will try to sabotage it or we will live feeling like we're wearing the itchiest sweater of all time. Not proud to talk about it. Not proud to put more energy into it because we're like, Thinking about making 1.5 million, I don't even really believe that I can make 1 million. Um, A way it's manifesting for another client of mine is she is making money she wants to make, she's no longer in debt, she's enjoying her. practice and you know live in life. but instead of doing some proactive things that we've been talking about in her business, whether it's like client re- relations, a couple restructuring things in her operations, um, a couple like longer term planning things, it's like she won't take action on it because she actually hasn't done the belief work and wealth consciousness work to to accept and receive this money as legit because in her money messaging, um, neural patterning, when she was a child, it was like the rug is going to get pulled out from under you. And it actually has happened before. And so therefore it will happen again. So how do we, how do we stop this? For one, we have to just do the illumination work first, the stillness work to sit down and say, like, what do I actually think about money? Uh, what is, what did my dad tell me about money? What did my mom always say about money? How did it feel to talk about money at my dinner table? How did I think, how did I think about money as I went into college? You know, how did you think about taking on loans? How did you think about not having loans? How did you think about, uh, what it would mean to be self-sustaining after college? Whatever stories you had, they're just stories. Just like we all have agreed that the sky is blue, you know, like If you were taught that the sky is actually kind of purple, then that's just what you think because that's just what you were told. And it's really hard to unpack, but first we have to know what we're even unpacking. So you do the elimination work. You do the stillness work. You get really real about what do I even freaking think. Then you want to actually look at your fears. So one of the clients is, I'm I'm really scared about the fact that I'm scared about money and that I might pass that on to my kids. And I'm here to say, And I haven't gotten totally there yet, but I'm the kid. I'm the kid whose mom was scared about money and the dad was scared about money in totally different ways. And I grew up with thinking that not having money sucked and that having money sucked. So we're going to get into that in a minute. So look at your, look at your fears in the eyes. So if you're taking notes, by the way, or mental notes, just to kind of go through this, it's one, do the illumination work. What were the money messages you were given as a kid? Was money taboo? Was money exciting? Was money, money accessible? Was money fair? Was money an asshole? You know, and then what? What are the fears that you have, like right now? And I want you to be specific. By the way, I don't want you to just be like, "Yeah, I fear that there's never enough." I fear that, blah, blah blah. It's like, I am scared I won't pay my credit card off by the time I have interest that starts. I'm scared uh, there's going to be a medical emergency that hasn't happened yet. And we look at what are the real fears, right? If you want to go back and listen to the fear analysis episode, I would just add a layer to that, especially if you have listened to it, to like what is a projected fear into the future and what is a fear that's going on right now that I could actually fix. So the difference here, an example of what I mean is – okay, I am scared that there might be a hospital bill that's gonna come and I can't pay it or I do pay it and then I can't pay my rent. Well, that's like a future potential that you're just like letting yourself worry about because that's part of your neural programming and that's like your body's addicted to thinking about that fear. The other thing is, the other side of it would be like i have a hospital bill that i am struggling to pay or i in a lot of my clients cases before we do all this wealth conscious consciousness work uh, i am looking at the hospital bill i am wondering why i won't actually pay it i'm getting charged late fees because i haven't paid it i'm scared to pay this bill or insert credit card bill whatever it is right And we want to look at, okay, what can I actually start working on and setting goals towards and sort of sweeping up the dust in the attic now that we can see it all because the lights are on and getting really real. And then how can I start to take some aligned action? And if you're like, well, Garrett, I have like, you know, I'm paycheck to paycheck and I don't have a lot to spare right now that's okay you can talk we can talk a whole other strategy on that but the first and foremost thing that which is why i said go back to episodes one and two is we got to get you to believe that there's enough to go around we have to look into how do we create potentials around you so that you are aware of all of the abundance around you one of my favorite things to do is tell people and if you're not driving or running or biking close your eyes right now and you're probably thinking about all your fears. Ah, oh, credit card, like uh, ba- like banks or hospital bills. And I'm, I feel like I'm getting nervous just talking about this side of the mindset because it's awful. We're going to end on a high note now, guys. Don't worry. But right, we're feeling it. We're feeling this right now. We're like, ah, oh, this nervousness, this stickiness, this uncomfortability, the embarrassment, right? Oh, it's the worst. Now, I want you to kind of imagine like a white magic dust, like kind of making all of those worries kind of go away. (laughs) Like it could just completely wipe them out. And I'm going to have you, on the kind of three, open your eyes and just look at what's actually in your reality, okay? One, two, three, opening my eyes. Okay, I see a lamp that I own in my house. I see a desk. I see a picture frame. I see a water bottle that brings me water that I get from my sink that... Is abundant with water i have a pen i have lots of paper books i have a candle going this is my moment this is what is actually happening and happening in my reality there is no angry bill collector in my room there is no uh my phone is not ringing with a you know debt collector person <laughs> going off um And so we want to just bring ourselves into the reality so that we can spend more time focusing on our present. And this is by no means a way to spiritually bypass the fact that if you do have a really big bill and you need to work on talking about how to pay that, like that is something I can literally help you do. Like I do that with clients. We can talk about some entrepreneurial things you can do to open up other streams of income and, and all of that. But what we also want to do is work on how to not let that be all consuming so that we're we're not cuz what happens is you're crippled. They actually did a study that I think I've mentioned on the other wealth consciousness episodes that people's IQ drops when they are in anxiety around money, which means you're not even able to access all of your superpowers to then make more money <laughs> when you actually need it. So, do the reality check with yourself. Calm yourself down. And then going back to the potential, so this is something I've talked about before, but I will mention again that I always keep two columns in my spreadsheet with uh, for my business. I keep a column of the offers made, and uh, like I put in the total if they had paid it in full. So let's say I make a seven thousand five hundred dollar offer, and um, there's always the option to pay in however many installments the person needs to pay. But let's say that, um, and I have like a down payment situation, but Let's say that there is this sort of $7,500 potential that if someone who wanted to work with me said, you know what, I actually want to choose to pay up front, that the potential there is $7,500. That is the maximum potential. No one's going to pay me more than I ask, right? Um, And then let's say that the person passes. So on one column, it's going to say income, or sorry, revenue, zero. And the other side is going to say 7,500 potential income, or I just, I actually call that tab wealth consciousness. So at the bottom of my sheet, it might be like, you made $15,000 this month, uh, wealth consciousness. You put out $55,000 worth of stuff. Now the scarcity mindset person is going to be like, yeah, who cares Garrett? Cause you didn't actually bring in 55. It's like, you have to start training yourself around what the potential is around you. Okay, so don't get mad at me and don't be in your negative mindset. And if you feel like you are literally always that person that, that has the glasses half empty mindset, go do your Enneagram type. It's $12 if you have a business account. I pay for all my clients to do it. Type sixes will think that way. And when you know that you're that type of person, you'll just already kind of know that your default is to doubt but i am telling you that as we can work into what is possible and look at the glass half full it's going to change our energy into what we are we actually believe we're capable of okay so that was my little my little note that's kind of a review on wealth consciousness and tuning into potentials we talked about reality check to kind of help get us out of fear in the in the moment when we do start to stress out and to tap into our abundance of our reality now here is where i'm going to go into my personal kind of um, uh, how I am as a human, or I was, as a human, completely a um, manifestation of two parents who did not do any wealth consciousness work. So I will start with my mom. My mom grew up being completely taken care of. Like if you were to call someone entitled um by like a definition of taking taken care of per by uh, you know, per se, that was her. She had um private school paid for. she had, College paid for, Um, her mom would take her shopping for every dance, Um, her, my grandfather um, on my mom's side had done really well in his careers and she kind of wanted for nothing. She was also the youngest and they were just kind of (laughs) like whatever you need, you know, tired parents um, and younger by like 12 years. And then my dad was raised by a self-made multi-millionaire. And my dad watched the rise of that business. And they were very much in scarcity a lot. Um, But they also, my grandfather did work on enjoying um, the money as well. If it was aligned with the family values, which is a really beautiful way to live, right? Like we value quality time. So we're going to spend X amount on a fancy vacation versus a fancy new family car that we don't really need. Um, cause our car works or something like that. Right? So my dad grew up feeling, um, the benefits and experiencing the benefits of a successful entrepreneur. But there was also a fear in the family of money doesn't grow on trees. We save everything. We never take on credit. I think there was some story about my grandfather um, only getting a credit card once like someone made him. (laughs) He just wanted to pay for everything in cash because he grew up so poor that he didn't want to owe anybody anything ever again. Um, But he needed to build credit. So obviously eventually he got a credit card. So my dad very much inherited this sort of fear-based fear based um, scarcity mindset that my grandfather had had when he was a little boy. Cause his dad died when he was young. He had a single mom. He lived in a one bedroom apartment. He hunted for food. And then my dad somehow still had that, like, um, that shadow of like, this could all go away. And yes, we can have this awesome lifestyle. And a lot of my, my life is going to be taken care of, but, um, you know, there's, there's never going to be enough. There really never is going to be enough. And then the other side that he had was, um, kind of this fear of being entitled, which is weird because, I don't know if his parents, I don't know because I haven't talked about it with him, like if my grandmother called him entitled or spoiled. But the words that my uh, parents, uh, not my parents, my dad and my grandparents have used my whole life are spoiled, entitled. You guys aren't spoiled or you're entitled or don't grow up to be spoiled and entitled. And it really pushed me, um, mentally it pushed me to be like, I'm going to make my own money in high school. I worked till eleven p.m. during school, like on school nights, um, to pay for my own gym membership, to pay for gas, to pay for whatever. Um, And I worked through college. I had a job right out of college to pay my own rent. Um, Very much wanted to be self-sufficient. Now that was also half motivated by the fact that I watched my mother struggle financially because she hadn't had the career out of school. She got married and had kids. She had to rely on a man. Who then they got divorced, and she couldn't rely on him. So. I actually had sort of both both narratives going, like. Um, but the the tricky part, and I, I don't mean by the way to just be talking about myself. I swear I'll make a point with all of this. I'm trying to just give you the background and the color. Um, is that my dad's? Uh, I think my dad's fear around being entitled was that he was actually embarrassed himself to have been given so much. He wasn't actually feeling worthy of. Having and receiving, which is a feminine energy, because the model he had for money was a man—my grandfather. Who, I mean, just both—both both of my grandfathers are probably two of the most important people in my life. Um, they're no longer here, but they're here. <laughs> um, but my grandfather on my dad's side. It was very masculine it was like you got to push you got to grind you got to start from the bottom you got to work your way up you got to build your own business you got to do 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 you got to earn 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 you got to save 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 like very very masculine if you earn it it's yours and then you can enjoy it um whereas my dad uh, was kind of given it now my dad had a career in the air force and this is nothing to rebuke him and his career and his drive and everything he's accomplished but it's the way in which he deals with money now where it's completely fear-based like now that he is a CEO of a company, you know he has nice clothes and suits, but there were years in his thirties where he wouldn't buy himself like new shoes or new jeans because he just was like, "Why would I do that? Why would I waste my money? I mean, money doesn't grow on trees. So I had that, um but it was also this whole like it's embarrassing to have a lot of money. But then privately, they do enjoy it. They enjoy their private jet. They enjoy those things. I've enjoyed those things. But it is embarrassing. And it was one of my teachers who showed me when we when I started doing this work. She's like, so you're embarrassed to go on a private plane with your dad's side to a vacation. But you're also embarrassed that, you know, your mom couldn't pay to do, I don't know, I, think, I don't remember the example, some sort of like home improvement project, Right. So there's embarrassment on either side. And so right now I want you to journal as you're listening. What are you embarrassed of? Where does the shame come? Does the shame come from not providing for your kids? Does the shame come from giving them everything because you didn't have it? Where does it come? Does it come from your parents? Does it come from your grandparents? Like I actually relate a lot to my grandfather of feeling like, and and this is something I'm actually trying to work away from, but I was like, yes, you know what? I can be like grandpa. And I, you know, I was given, um, I was given some support with medical help and treatments, and I was given support with college because um, that was something that meant a lot to my grandfather, and I feel really grateful. And I know I've mentioned that here on this podcast, um, but I wasn't given an apartment after school. I wasn't given a job. I wasn't given like a, I don't know, like a monthly like stipend or trust or something. Um, so for a long time, I was like, well, I will be like grandpa. I will do, and I will earn, and I will be successful with money because that's how it's okay. It's okay to to enjoy money if you make it yourself. And some of you might be nodding your head. Yes, well, remember that because we're gonna come back to that. Where on the other hand, it could be shameful to not have the coolest uh, outfit at school because you can't afford it. It might be shameful to not be able to pay for cheerleading on time, like I experienced with my mom. Um, it might be shameful to have a couch that has holes in it, like we used to, um, and things like that. So there's shame and then there's pride and we want to kind of figure out where you're feeling both now here's the interesting thing is if you said yes i relate to having pride around like earning my own money and then i can be happy or then i can be prideful or whatever let's go back to my friend who's signing these hundred thousand dollar contracts and she's like her and her sister and like one other person in her company like obviously they have expenses but um Do you think she feels good now? No, she still feels the imposter syndrome. She hasn't done the mental gymnastics to imagine herself as a millionaire. She hasn't done the mental gymnastics to imagine herself as someone who is just worthy of hundreds of thousands of dollars flowing to her. So that is the stillness work. If you are not feeling really comfortable in your abundance, we have to get to the root of why did some crazy aunt years ago say that rich people are assholes or that wealthy people have more problems. So going back to the other, um, earlier episode of the client who has a kid that's like, she's work, she's kind of like not taking action on like, this is a while ago, by the way. Um, do I enroll them in, like, do I get no pair? Do I do go to this private preschool and spend the $30,000? Do I pay up front? Do I pay monthly? Like, why am I worried about $30,000? I shouldn't be, like, technically I make enough, but, like, $30,000 seems like a lot. And it's all of this stress that, like, is keeping her from literally doing her own job. Um, and, and at the time, it was like, well, once I make more money, that won't matter. And the whole quote of more money, more problems is so real because it's like, Eventually, it's going to be like, do I spend $50,000 on jet fuel or do I not? <laughs> you know, like it's going to stay with you if you don't get to the bottom of why am I even feeling weird about spreading money around? If you put $30,000 into flow or $30 into flow in the universe, it will come back to you. And if you don't trust that it will, that's probably why you don't trust that it will. That um, Sorry, that you don't feel comfortable letting it go. Because you feel that hoarder mentality of like, I got to hold on to it because it might, it might go away or it might dwindle down or the faucet's not always going to run. And so it, when you have that, your kids will feel it. Kids are more psychic than all of us because they haven't totally been deprogrammed basically. And anytime, if you're new to this episode that I say we can all feel energy, it's our superpower and people are like, you're crazy. We all know when our boss or our third grade teacher walks into the room and they haven't said anything, they haven't done anything really, but we just know they're in a bad mood, right? We're reading their energy. Your kids are doing that all the time. And if you are just talking about the finances behind a vacation that they're excited to go on and you come into the room and. You know, you're going to talk about like they're going to feel into the worry behind this vacation and feel unworthy of it or feel bad about going on it because it's putting stress on you. Why is there stress around this vacation for you? Is it because you actually can't afford it? Okay, well then don't go or plan, plan it for a later date when you feel more confident. But that's a slippery one because some of us will say, "Uh, I'll do the vacation when I have a million dollars or I'll do the vacation when I have five million dollars and so on. Um, but we really want to look at our values. Um, I haven't done a podcast on values, but I know I've talked about values a lot um, on various episodes. Values are basically like where you spend your time, money, and energy. They're not these idealistic things that are like, "Well, I my values are integrity and honesty." Those those could be true, but in my own life, like my values are beauty and wellness and like partnership. I spend money on trips and dinners with my fiance. I spend money on my wellness, and I spend it on like and beauty is in that category in my career. So when we are doing things that are aligned with our values, we don't, bl- we don't think twice about spending the money. Now, if you don't want your kids to be the product of what you fear, once you do the illumination work and understand like what you're dealing with, what you're actually scared of, and you get clear on this yourself, you can actually start talking to them about it. Like, how amazing. And and my mom, by the way, has done some of this. My mom had said to me, you know, we're going to use some coupons at the grocery store because... Um, it makes the groceries less expensive. And right now, because of the divorce, you know, I don't have as much money that I used to, and I'm building my career. So if you someday get a career, so you make your own money before you get married, you might not have to go through the worry of um, of, of buying groceries and things like that. So she actually had those conversations with me between the age of like eight and 12, and that was helpful. I'm not going to tell you that I didn't get worried about money and and, and scarcity and having, like my thing became like too self-reliant. Like I didn't want to be in partnership with Jeff financially because I was worried about like the shoe to drop of our relationship. Luckily I got through that one. Um, but if my dad had, had, had ever sat down and talked to me about how and why he feels so scarce about money, he's still in that place where it's like, It's just a thing. Like, it just is scarce, and that's a fact. Like, the sky is purple, and that's it. Like, why would we discuss that? The earth is round. Why would we discuss that? It's just like, it is what it is for him, but yet it is stressful, and um, it is more money, more problems in his mind. Uh, and, And again, it's not my job to tell him that's right or wrong. I'm just noticing kind of what is, and those conversations can be really powerful. So if you're a parent and your kids are, you know, starting to, understand a little bit more about money. The, everything I'm reading keeps saying the the earlier the better and they can understand like how you see money as energy and as time and as um, value to you and, and what you care about as a family and your family values. They're going to see, okay, well I have to have a healthy relationship with this thing that allows our family to do things that we enjoy doing and give back to help others and all of that. So, by being scared of money, it's actually going to manifest the fear. That's one of the major points. The other point is, why are you not feeling worthy of what you have? Because if you don't feel worthy of what you have today, it, it is putting energy into it, sabotaging. Now, if there's energy into sabotaging what you have or blocking what you even have today how are you going to grow it to more the energy needs to be put into manifesting more money or receiving the money you have with joy and gratitude and saying yes i'm worthy of this and here's the reasons why so it could be a gratitude list it could be a list of the ways you help people the list of the ways that you and money work together and it makes you a better soul. There's actually a book called The Soul of Money. There's also a book called Money Magic that could be really helpful for you. Uh, I was told, I'm actually just waiting on Money Magic um, going I dive into it, but I was told that it's kind of like a good sequel to Happy Pocketful of Money. So I will link that in the show notes and I will report back soon. But if you go back to the very first episode of this year, It was called Big Feminine Energy 2020. Now, a lot of you are like, well, feminine energy. Well, now that we know, because I've done two episodes on masculine versus feminine, you're like, oh, I get it. But if you haven't, I would go back because it talked a lot about how this year is about receiving and about abundance. And when we're still and we can't quote unquote do anything, we can't go spin the wheel at spin class. We can't go out to new networking events. We have to sit still and receive, right? When you're in a hospital bed, It's a very vulnerable time. It's a very feminine energy because you're relying on your friends and family to bring you snacks or bring you their company. And you have to receive that, right? Receive it with gratitude and uh, appreciation. And now when we're stuck in our homes and there are less bells and whistles that we can pull or ring to do things, to earn things and money's coming to us, how does it feel to receive that? So you can imagine things like, okay, well, when I pay this parking ticket or when I pay this bill, I'm going to imagine this energy floating out into the universe and supporting others. And like you can imagine it for the good or you can feel like, oh, another bill. It's so awful, right? That's this hoarding masculine energy where we want to be in this feminine. It's all good. There's enough to go around. I'm worthy of this energy because when your kids feel that, and they feel like it's like the circle of life kind of a vibe versus, well, we have this today, but we might not have it tomorrow, and money doesn't grow on trees, and you better not be entitled, they're going to A, rebuke the money and the wealth that comes to them later because you have probably at this point already traced some of the things your parents said to how you're feeling right now. Why would you want to do that to your kids, (laughs) right? By the way, I don't mean to sound kind of bitchy when I say this. When I get passionate, I get very like, direct because I've been through the negative sides of these things and anything I teach I'm very passionate about so by no means am I trying to come off like a bitch or being hardcore but I definitely consider myself and talk to my clients like this I'm like we are always double black diamond skiing And sometimes you gotta be strict when you're double black diamond skiing to keep you safe, right? We are doing some intense next next level stuff here as far as mindset goes and uh, mental gymnastics. And we gotta be safe and we gotta stay on point. We gotta check ourselves. So that's what I'm here to do for you. But I can tell you the work I've done is to unpack the scarcity that I felt through my mom. And that was actually a little bit easier because my mom talked to me about it. And I understood that if I worked and earned and and did, then I could achieve and then I could be okay Um, because America supports that do, have, be cycle. But we know that the do, have, be cycle does not actually create us, make us happy, right? It's the pursuit of happiness. Do all this stuff so you can have all this stuff so then you can be happy. And as many spiritual teachers, um, business teachers, all these people out there are are waking up to say, no, no, no! It comes from being first. We have to be who we are, accepting ourselves, do things from that energy of what's aligned, and then we have abundance. And as you know, if you're a loyal listener, I talk all the time about how I think it should be: be who you are, have because it's your birthright. You don't have to pay for sunshine. You don't have to pay for rain. And then do what feels aligned. Either way, it uh, is hard. But here's the other thing. If you are the person right now, you're like, Garrett, I'm actually worried because I have money. I feel guilty for having it. I feel ashamed for having it. Or I feel like it's not going to last. I don't want my kids to be entitled, all of that. You've got to get right and, and level yourself up energetically to say yes. My energy travels here and here and here and here and here. And I, I am contributing in all these ways. And I'm loving in all these ways. And I'm worthy of this. And so are my kids. So they don't feel, they don't inherit the, the icky, sticky, this makes me feel embarrassed energy around money. Right? Because if you don't like how it feels today, you would not wish that upon your kids. So do the illumination work. See what is even swirling around in your head. What are you scared of? What are you waiting on? What are the money messages from your mom, from your dad? What's your first memory of money? Well, how does that parallel to your memories of money today? All of this, all of those, I think were mentioned in the other two episodes. And how can I receive this with grace How can I understand that this is part of who I am? This is my journey. One example, another wealth consciousness example I've given before, and it just feels in the moment, it feels right to say it is, you know, if I'm saying I want to have XYZ dollars in my account, I'm like, look, I have used my voice to spew out my voice to help people all over the world. And that does deserve some energy back. And if that energy back comes in money, great. But how are we spending our energy? And so sometimes with my high-level execs, I say, let's do an energy read for you, an energy spreadsheet. So we literally sp- like parse it or parse it out. Like, okay, you spend time and energy with your kids between these hours and these hours. That's your energy given giving to your children. You do this energy to guide your team. You give this energy to guide and converse with the CEO of your company you give this energy to take your dog on a walk like what where is your energy going and do you feel like you're doing your best a lot of times it's when we for some reason feel like we're not measuring up in ways that were just silly expectations anyway that for some reason make us feel unworthy of the money so let me think about it this okay here's a good example um Teaching workout classes is hard, right? I think any fitness instructor instructor listening is like, yeah, it's manual labor. Like teaching two spin classes on one day and then running over to teach a boot camp class and then running to teach a personal training session, like physically it is laborious. Uh energetically connecting with all those different humans is a lot as well. But I also knew that you're kind of relegated to this hourly rate Uh, In my case, I was fortunate to work for some companies that paid pretty well. But still, if you had said, Garrett, how much do you think you should make doing that? I would be like, yes, a million (laughs) dollars. I deserve a million dollars for this work. It's meaningful. It's helping others. It empowers them. It empowers me. It's physically so hard, but I love it. It's kind of like being a pro athlete because if you get injured, you're out. Like you cannot work, right? But um, I was associated with, um, and I've told the story so many times, so forgive me, but I was, when I was associated with a brokerage house and doing some real estate deals, I was given a site, um, at Copley, um, which is, you know, a major mall in downtown Boston, um, to fill a space. And, um, the guy I was working with slash four was like, Hey, like, I think fitness would go well here. You're obviously in that space. Like if you can find someone, like it's a really good commission. I literally sent two direct messages on Instagram and I had a client walking through who ended up wanting to do the deal. And it was a $75,000 commission. And I felt so unworthy of it because I was like, all I did was send a direct message. I didn't look at the whole picture of my energy output as a human. I didn't feel worthy of taking that money. Um, And crazier, I actually never took it. I actually left the job and did not fight for that. So again, major money issues there that I have worked through since. Um, But we have to understand where How energetically giving are we and how are we being received? So right now, if you're like, but Garrett, I'm the person who's giving, giving, giving and no money's coming back. Maybe you're actually giving too much. Maybe right now the answer is not to give as much. And where can we look at how we're receiving? So a really easy time to do this is around the holidays, (laughs) You're like, wow, I got this gift card. That's money coming to me. Wow, someone took all this time to wrap this beautiful gift of homemade cookies. That's time and energy. That's valuable. That is that is wealthy. That is rich. How are the conversations you're having? How are they wealthy? Are they rich? Or are they surface level? Really tuning into the wealth around you at all times and understanding how it supports you, how it holds you, how it nurtures you so that you understand that this is yours it is okay to have it is okay to use and again the best thing that i can really say just before i just sound like a broken record here is go back to your roots because you have an inner child in you that is still like stuck at age six or age seven that still remembers what mom or dad said that scared you right? I still remember being called spoiled and entitled when I was eight. And when Jeff does things that are nice for me, I have to remember like, Oh, that's just my wounded inner child. And I write letters to her. I literally talk to my inner child and I have high powered CEOs do the same being able to sit down and be like, you know, Hey, little David. Um, your dad's going through some stuff and he's really scared. And I know what that's like now because I'm an adult, but you're just a kid and you don't you don't need to be scared. Everything's going to be fine. That fear was projected onto you. And really, you know, take the time to write that letter and be there for your inner child so that your inner child is less triggerable so that you can proceed as your adult self and your adult self running the show, who's clearly smart, who made this money, who deserves this money, it's the inner child part of you he was either saying i don't have enough or i'm not good enough i don't deserve this i didn't do anything for it i didn't do enough for it or this is good but it's the you know the rug's gonna get pulled out from under us so really go back to the illumination work see where your money messages came from do the the reality check where you close your eyes you open them and look at what's in your reality and are there any scary monsters literally no (laughs) It's okay. Think about uh, any bills that you pay, any invoices you pay or send as an energy exchange with the world. Parse out what you're doing your day on your day-to-day, your energy output, whether that's, you know, 30 minutes running on a treadmill, that's energy out into the world, into your aura, into your energy field, it's energy to your body, all of those things and hopefully this will help you understand that if you can get your relationship with money into a very healthy place, just like you would want a healthy relationship with food. You will not pass that on to your kids. And if your kids aren't worried about it, you're not going to worry about it. If you're not worried about it, they're not going to worry about it. Worrying about it is not helping you. Although we think the more we worry, the better. The more we worry, the more we manifest the worry. So I will leave you with that because... I'm sort of going foggy here, just spewing this out. It comes through very strongly. (laughs) Um, And if you have more questions about my upbringing and these kind of conflicting money messages between a dad who had a lot of money but felt embarrassed of it, a mom who didn't have a lot of money and felt embarrassed about it and how that affected me, I'm sure I could have done a better job. I know there's always stuff I can do better on these podcasts, But um, please invite me to that conversation. Invite me onto your podcast. Invite me to a podcast that um, a friend of yours hosts. Um, DM me and we can talk about it. Um, You know, like I said last week, Nick Sorrell sent me a DM. He liked the content of the Masculine Feminine episode. And he said, um, like, Hey, I, I like, this is really cool. And I said, let's talk about it. And then it was a really great podcast episode. So you reach out to me, let's put some energy into helping other people with this stuff. And then, uh, I have some really exciting entrepreneurial, um, levers that you can pull soon. So stay tuned for that. They will come by the way of an ad. So do not fast forward through the ads as they come up soon. I'm super excited to share with you some new opportunities. I will be, um, granting to the world and it might shock some of you, but um, it won't once I explain why. So stay tuned for that. I hope this was helpful for you. And, um, if you need help or support in the stillness work, you know, me, I'm taking two more clients on before the new year. I'm sending you all positive, abundant vibes. And as always dare to move.